0: What are you afraid of, and what do you fear? For my Aunt Phyllis is snakes, and, and she, she's one of our Facebook watchers from South Carolina. A, a, hey, everybody say, hey, Phyllis, hey, Phyllis. If you're watching today, now, there's a story I'll never forget. When I, It was years and years ago. She was working out in the yard, and, and a snake came up on her, and my Uncle Paul came out and he killed the snake, but she was still over there, freaking out and hollering and jumping up and down and dancing. They said, fellas, I killed it. She said, I don't care. Kill it some more. Kill it some more. Kill it some more. For her, it was snakes. But but what is it for you? What are are you afraid of? Because I think we all have things, great and small, that we fear. And all throughout the Christmas story, there is a message from God over and over and over again to the people. And that message is this, do not be afraid. Come on, somebody, tell your neighbor, do not be afraid. Why does God have to say to us, fear not? Because we tend to fear a lot, right? We live in a world dominated by fear, and we're constantly being fed reasons that we should be afraid, right? Everything causes cancer. Everything you eat is bad for you. Everything you touch probably has Ebola and COVID and monkeypox on it. You better be afraid, because everything is dangerous and everything will kill you. Fear, 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 fear. Fear dominates this world, but brothers and sisters, we are not of this world. We belong to the kingdom of God, and in the kingdom of God, there is no place for fear. The kingdoms of this world are dominated by fear, but the kingdom of God is dominated by faith, and it is not God's will for you to go through life afraid. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Come on, tell somebody, don't be afraid. In Luke 2.10, He told the shepherds, fear not. In Luke 1.13, He tells Zechariah, do not be afraid. In Luke 1.30, He says, Mary, don't be afraid. In Matthew 1.20, He says, Joseph, do not be afraid. The message of Christmas is Jesus came to set us free from fear. He told Zechariah, Fear not, your prayers have been answered. He said, Mary, Fear not, you found favor with God. He told the shepherds, Fear not, the joy of the Lord is here. He told Joseph, You don't like it, but God's working in it, He's going to bring something great out of this season in your life. That was God's. Christmas message to them, and I believe that God is saying the same thing to you and right now in this Christmas season. Fear not, says the Lord, for I have heard your prayers. Fear not, for if I am with you, who can be against you? Fear not, for my joy will be your strength. Fear not, for I will give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Fear not, trust me, and be not afraid. Come on, somebody say fear not. Fear. The Word of God tells us over and over again not to fear. Psalm 27.1 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Three reasons not to fear this morning. Number one, your past has been pardoned. Your past has been Departed. I remember hearing stories when uh, T.L. Osborne went on the mission field in Africa and he would go over there in the 40s and 50s and he would go and he would gather large groups of people and he would announce to them, I am an ambassador from my country, and I have great news for you. And everybody get excited because they thought he was an ambassador from the United States. He said, no, no, no. I'm not an ambassador of the United States. I'm an ambassador of heaven coming to notify you that your sins have been forgiven. That is the greatest news anyone could ever hear. Your past has been pardoned. Somebody would say, my past has been pardoned. I would say the number one issue people talk to me about is guilt of the past. So many people struggle with guilt, and I pray with all my heart that you would truly understand what God has done for you. Your past has been pardoned. First John 1 9 says this that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. Not a little bit. Not some of it. Not the, the kind of bad things you did, but not the worst things you did. He said He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's God's promise to you. If you confess your sins to God, He will forgive you and wipe the record clean. One of my favorite verses is Second Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All the things have passed away. Behold, all things have become you. You are not the person you used to be. When you are in Jesus Christ, God fundamentally changes your identity. You are a new creation in Him. You're not the you you used to be. That old guy is dead. When the devil tries to make you feel guilty and when people try to remind you of your past, you just tell them, I used to be that, but that guy's dead. I'm a new creation in Christ. Oh, things have passed away. All things have become new. The Bible says that all have sinned. Everybody's failed. That's why Jesus came to forgive us and give us a new beginning. 1 Corinthians 6.11, Such were some of you, but you were wise you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Somebody say, I'm washed. Shakespeare's Macbeth said this, can all of Bethlehem's oceans wash this blood from my hands? Water can't wash away sin, you need blood for that. And the Bible says that we are washed. In the blood of Jesus, and I don't know about you, but I'm a living testimony of the wonder-working power of the blood of the Lamb. Jesus, through His blood, washed our sins away. Oh, come on, some say, I'm washed. They'll say, I'm sanctified. What does it mean to be sanctified? It means to be holy and set apart. When you become a new believer in Jesus Christ, God puts His mark on you, He puts His name on you, and He says, you're mine. You've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus, so that when the enemy comes to wreak havoc in your life, the blood of Jesus testifies against him that he has no right, no access, no authority in your life. But you were washed, you were sanctified. Somebody say, "I'm justified." What does it mean to be justified? It means God expunges your records. It's just as if you never sinned, God writes the record clean. Hebrews 8.12, And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Think about that. God says, I will never, never, ever, ever remember your sins again. God Himself does not remember the sins of your past because He chooses to forget them because you've been washed, Justified, sanctified. Hello? God says, I will never again remember their sins. Does somebody never again? Now think about this. If God chooses to forget the sins of your past, why do you spend all your days thinking about it? on, somebody. Don't take lightly the price that Jesus paid to wash your sins away and to wash the record clean. He gave everything so that you could be free, free from sin, free from guilt, free from your past. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you, through His poverty, might become rich. Jesus paid the ultimate price for you so that you don't have to live under the weight and the guilt of the past. Through His poverty, we became rich in the fullness of God, and through His death, we have life. A lot of Christians use this, this motto, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Listen, I'm not perfect, but I don't identify myself as a sinner because that's who I used to be. Again, look back at 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become you, When you surrender your life to Jesus, God gives you a new identity. You are a new creation. You are no longer a sinner. The Bible calls you a saint of God. Hello. Just because you fumbled the ball doesn't mean you're playing for the other team now. I had a little Baptist roommate in college. Somebody say, God bless the Baptists. I love the Baptists because they're soul winners. Amen. My granddaddy was a Baptist and they got baptized him in the Holy Ghost, and the Baptist said, See ya.
1: I had a little Baptist
0: roommate, and he would always say, You know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just barely, barely going to make it into heaven, live in the Catholic over in the corner, overlooking the lake of fire. Boy, by the time I got done with him, he was walking in saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Sin shall not have power over me, for not under the law, but under grace. Hey! Oh, man, we've got to be strong in the Lord and the power of oh. His might. It's not my mind. I don't have the power to overcome sin, but Jesus made me an overcomer. Hello. Come on, somebody. When you surrender your life to Jesus, God gives you a new identity. You are a new creation. Are you the same person? Some of y'all said yes. Some of y'all <laughs> said no. You're both right still you, just not the you you used to be. When I became a Christian, I was still J.C., just not the J.C. I used to be. Hallelujah. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm still me, just not the me I used to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus took your sin upon himself, and he put his righteousness upon you. Through his sacrifice, you've been adopted into the family of God. I love Romans eight fifteen. You do not receive the spirit of bondage against to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Abba, Father means that of God. God loves you as a Father loves His own child and you've been adopted into His royal household. First John 3, 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Now somebody don't say it, shout it, I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. You ought to say that in the morning when you get up, Hey, I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Some of you, if you want to ever break free from guilt, you've got to change the way you talk. Luke 6.45, Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You can speak life, or you can speak death. You can speak words of pain, or you can be so down the dumps you make Jolo sing cry. You can keep on saying, I'm a sinner and I'm unworthy. And you can say what God says about you. I'm forgiven and He washed my sins away. And He will never again remember those sins. Second Corinthians 4, 13, it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Your talking needs to line up with your believing, child of God. Hallelujah, I don't belong to sin anymore. I belong to Jesus. I'm no longer a sinner. I'm a child of God. Three reasons to fear not. One, your past is part, And two, your present is powerful. Your present is powerful. Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you, and He will not leave you, nor forsake you. This is why your presence has power, because God is with you. You don't have to be afraid because He's with you, and you don't have to fear that He'll still never leave you. I think about Hudson. I tell him to go brush his teeth to get ready for bed. He said, Daddy, can you come with me? I said, what, are you afraid of the dark? He said, uh, no, but it's easier when you walk with me. He's not worried and not afraid when I'm walking with Him. Child of God, we live in a dark world. We live in a rough world, but we don't have to fear because our Daddy God, our Abba Father, is right here with us, walking us every step of the way. You don't have to be afraid. No matter what you're facing right now, you don't have to fear because your Abba Father is there. And He said, I ain't never going anywhere. I will not leave you, no matter how dark or long the hallway. He says, I'm with you the whole way. Think about what we used to do on the playground as kids. I don't know about y'all, but in my school, we didn't play on the equipment very much. We told your mama jokes and said, my daddy daddy's going to beat up your daddy. <laughs> Have I ever done that? And you're like, no, my passion is gone. Uh-uh. I'm a to creation. <laughs> That all means, (laughs) praise the Lord. Listen, child of God, no matter what you're facing, your daddy is bigger and stronger and greater. And you can look at the spirits of this world and the trials and tribulations that you deal with in this life, and you can square your shoulders and say, "Uh uh-uh, my daddy's bigger than your daddy, and my daddy did beat up your daddy, and he'll do it again. Hello, Jesus defeated the devil. He is a defeated foe, and God has given us victory so that we can walk in victory. Hello. (laughs) Come on, your Abba Father is big and bad to the bone. Think about it. The one who is with you is the one who created the universe. He's the one who spoke the world into being, who stung the stars in the sky and set the planets in motion, who formed man from the dust, of the ground and breathe into Him the breath of life. That's your daddy. Come on, tell somebody, that's my daddy. Hallelujah. No matter what kind of problem the devil sends your way, you can look at him and say, my daddy's bigger than your daddy. My daddy's bigger than cancer. He's bigger than arthritis. He's bigger than heart disease. He's bigger than addiction. He's bigger than hatred. He's bigger than death. He's bigger than divorce. You don't have to be afraid because God is greater. Our, our God is our refuge and strength and ever present in ever-present help and trouble. Your present is powerful because your God is powerful. Come on, somebody say, God is greater. Hallelujah, that's my dad That's my Abba Father. That's why we should be people of faith and not fear. We ought to believe God for the impossible and expect Him to do it. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Mark 11, 22, Have faith in God. Hebrews 11, 1, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, We walk by faith, not by sight. Walking by faith means taking God and His Word despite the circumstances. When everybody around you says, Give up, you ought to believe God anyway. Hello, Hello, In other words, stop planning a funeral for something that's not dead. We're burying stuff that hasn't died yet. Come on, people are burying their dreams, burying their vision, burying their calling. You've laid it to rest, but it's not dead yet. It's not over till God says it's over. A couple of years ago, I got the best political ad I've ever seen in my life. It was a letter from a local North Carolina politician, and he wrote Despite what my opponent says about me, I am not dead. <laughs> Come on, just in case they don't know, tell your neighbor, I'm not dead yet. So don't count me out. Listen, it's not over till God says it's over. By the way, you know what I want people to say about me at my funeral? <laughs> Look, he's moving. <laughs> Come on, baby. It's not over until God says it's over. I'm going to make a comeback. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say, I'm not dead. Come on, make this their question. If I'm not dead, God's not done. Have faith. Don't bury something that's not dead yet. And remember the good things God has done in your life. I'll tell you what builds my faith when I think back on all that God has done for me. Hello. Too many Christians hang on to the sins of the past and forget about the testimonies of the past. You need to forget your past failures and you need to hold on to the testimonies of what God has done in your life. Hello, Remember the things that God has done done for you. Somebody needs to get some perspective this morning. You need to think back over the course of your life, and you need to remember and praise God for the things that He's done. Isaiah 46, 9, remember the former things of old, for I am God, there is no other, I am God, and there is none like me. Not only do we need to praise Him for the things He's done, some of y'all need to praise God for the things He didn't do. I think about the Feast of Purim. (laughs) You know what the Feast of Purim is? It's a celebration of what God didn't do. (laughs) It's a celebration of what didn't happen. Because everything seemed like the Jewish people were going to be destroyed. But God stepped in. A man named Haman made up his mind. He was going to wipe out the Jewish people. Listen, let me tell you something. Don't mess with Israel. Because God said Israel is the apple of my eye. Think about Kanye West. Boy, he's in trouble right now, isn't he? (laughs) Oh, Kanye got in a fight with Taylor Swift a few years ago, and they were going back and forth, and she just put on Twitter uh, to him, "I, I I do not desire to be included in this conversation. Well, Kanye got his Twitter account back briefly, and his first thing he posted was Shalom, and the government of Israel was the first one to post, and they said, We do not wish to be included in this conversation. (laughs) You you don't mess with Israel. But Haman decided he was going to wipe out the Jewish people, he was going to take them out. He was going to go after Mordecai, God's man in government. He even built a noose to hang him on. He built the gallows and had the news ready to take him out. You know what God did? Everything the devil planned, God made it fail. God stepped in and Haman was hung on his own gallows. You need to remember every time that God ruined the plans of the enemy. You should have died in that wreck, but you didn't. You should have lost your job, but you didn't. You should have lost your home, but you didn't. Think about every time that God stepped in and ruined the devil's plans over and over and over again. Thank God for the things he did and also thank God for the stuff that didn't happen. Weapons were formed against you to destroy you, but by the grace of God, they did not. Praise Him for what didn't happen. Hallelujah. I should have died seven years ago, but I didn't. Praise him for the things that didn't happen in you. Somebody ought to be thankful you didn't get everything you asked for. Oh, you ought to be shouting the owls that you didn't marry him. <laughs> Think about when I was in bacon. I was up for a big, I mean, a big promotion. I mean, exponentially more than we were making, and I didn't get it. And I thank God I didn't get it because two weeks later I was going into full time ministry. I didn't make no money, but I was chasing after God, and He's provided ever since. You need to thank God for the things that did happen and the things that didn't happen. Hallelujah. When I was in college, I took a city planning class. And in that class we studied a man named Fiorello LaGuardia. Anybody heard of him? A very famous mayor of New York in the 1930s. In fact, Probably one of the most famous and prominent mayors in the history of New York City. They, they named the airport after the guy, right? Y'all with me now? One day, Mayor LaGuardia and his wife pulled into a filling station, and the gas station attendant was filling up the car, he went into the store, and he noticed through the window that his wife was getting really friendly with the gas station attendant. They were laughing and talking, and when he walked back out, she gave him a big old hug and a kiss on the cheek. and got in the car. And he said, Dear, you seem a little friendly with that gas station attendant. Almost as if you know who he is. She said, Well, I do know him. We used to date. In fact, we almost got married. Then he got all happy and he said, Well, just imagine, instead of being the wife of the mayor of New York City, you could have been the wife of the gas station attendant. She said, No, that's not how this works. <laughs> he would have been the mayor of New York City. <laughs> I think, I think old Mayor LaGuardia was thanking God for the things that didn't happen right about then. We ought to praise God for what He's done and thank God for what didn't happen in our lives. You know, God's solution for worry is worship. And His answer for panic is praise. Three reasons to fear not. One, your past is part. two, your present is powerful. Three, your future is promised. You understand that this Christian life goes beyond this lifetime, right? There's so much more to it than this. This is just the beginning. John 11:25. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus doesn't just give us life, he gives us eternal life. And not even death can separate us from him. Romans 8, 38, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor republicans nor democrats nor independents nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When you've got Jesus, you've got everything, and nothing in this world can take that away from you. The Apostle John said it like this, He who has the Son has the Life, come on, tell If you've got Jesus, you've got everything. When Jesus went to the cross, He defeated death, hell, and the grave. That's why the Bible says, "Oh, death, where is thy sting and grave? Where is thy victory?" Jesus defeated death. That's why, as a Christian, you don't have to be afraid. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Child of God, your future is promised. Heaven is real, and Jesus has prepared a place for us, and He is coming soon to gather us to Himself. And heaven is going to be a place like no other. Revelation 21:4. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things have passed away. This Christian life is not always easy, but it's worth it. We have hope in Jesus, and our future is promised. you need to know as a Christian, not even death can defeat you. Whether I live or die, I belong to Jesus. Because I belong to Him, I don't have to be afraid of anything. Fear not. Do not be afraid. I'll never forget shortly after our son Hudson was born, that my grandmother went to the doctor. And the doctor said, Janet, you've got cancer and it's spread throughout your body. It's in your brain. You don't have much to live, much time to live. And you know what she said? She smiled and said, She said, You know what? I belong to Jesus. So whether I live or whether I die, either way, I win. I will never forget the faith of my grandmother staring death in the eyes and said, I'm not afraid of you. I'm a child of God. In either way, I win. When you have Jesus... You have it all. Will you stand this morning as we pray? Thank you, Jesus.
1: Father, we just thank you for today. Lord, I just thank you, Father, that we don't have to live in fear, that we don't have to live in the past, God, that our past is gone, and that we just look forward, Lord. Lord, I thank you this morning that if there's anybody that has guilt from the past and that keeps looking in the back rearview mirror, Lord, that this morning that healing takes place, that that recording that plays over and over in their mind on the mistakes that they've made, that it's a race, that this morning they walk in freedom from the past and that guilt, and God, that they receive your mercy, Father, that they see that they are worthy of your forgiveness, Father, and Lord, that they forgive themselves, God. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for giving people strength today. God, that as the enemy plays all these tricks in their mind and says all these things, that this morning, Father, that you give people freedom, that they no longer stand with what the enemy has to say, but this morning, Father, that they walk in freedom, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Father, for touching minds, Lord, where anxiety and panic attacks have creeped in. God, I thank you for freedom this morning. God, I thank you that if anybody's suffering from that, that God, this morning, that you are the healer. That whenever that crown of thorn was placed on Jesus' head, that it was for our mental healing, Father. And, Lord, I proclaim right now that minds be touched. That, that prison that people have been living in, that this morning that you are the deliverer and that that fear is gone in the name of Jesus. Because who the Son sets free is free indeed, Father. And Lord, I just thank you for setting us free, Father. And Lord, I thank you this morning that we see that there is hope for the future, Lord. That no matter what the enemy says, that you are God and you are God alone. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that this morning where people have lost hope, and that they've lost dreams, that this morning that those dreams be resurrected, Father. And, Lord, that they have hope, Father, that when they leave here that they're filled with peace and hope and joy, Father. And, Lord, that the enemy has no power over their minds. And, Lord, we thank you, Father, and we give you praise. And, Lord, we give you glory that we are more than conquerors. That we walk in your light, Father. And, Lord, that we are your creation, Father. And, Lord, I thank you that we never lose sight of that, Father. Let us continue to draw closer to you, Father. And, Lord, we thank you and we give you praise and we give you glory. And, Lord, we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. You know, here's the good news today. No matter what you've done in the past, as John said earlier, it's a race. We have to let it go. And you have to be free of that guilt. You've got to be free of it. But the message of Jesus is hope. You can be free from guilt. You can be free from sin. And you can live the life that God created you today. By just asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And today, I want to give you that opportunity. If you strayed away, or if this is your first time coming home, I want to give you the opportunity to ask Jesus to come into your heart. It's the most important decision that you'll ever make. is that gift of salvation because you've been blessed with eternal life. You can be like Joshua's grandmother and say, I'm not afraid of death because I know where I'm going. So this morning, if you would, please repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in you. Save me. Set me free. Forgive me of my sins. And with your help, I will live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Can we give God some praise? Mm-hmm. Can we thank Him? <laughs>